0: Welcome back, high school hockey fans, for another edition of this week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett, along with Del Scanlon, also Bill and William Berg, along for the podcast tonight. And uh Burglar, we got a guest tonight. And uh somebody we somebody I haven't seen in quite a while, but always good to see him.
1: Well, his his name came up last week, so we thought we'd track him down. Uh we have with us Chase Blackman. Uh, formerly of the Hudson Raiders. And I just want to say the last time we saw, last time most of us saw you, it uh, was about 30 minutes after the awards ceremony at the Alliance Energy Center. And you were still out there on the ice, center ice on your knees, looking around. Um, finally, in the, the way that Trash wrote it up in the story, uh, was just a handful of Coliseum workers and a few media personnel present. Blackman looked around the rink one last time, and before he rose, he planted a kiss on the face-off circle, then he stood up and skated off. So uh, a lot of hockey has been played since then. Uh, why don't you give us a little rundown of what you've been up to?
2: Yeah, thanks for that. That uh, brings back a lot of really good memories. I remember that that evening like it was yesterday. Uh, it was super special for me and my teammates, and uh, a lot of happy tears and a lot of hours that went into to winning the state championship that year. And uh, we still stay in contact, me and that group. And I'll definitely remember that moment, looking around and realizing that uh, a lot of dreams came true. And um, yeah, thanks for reminding me, and that was great. But since then, it's kind of been all around. So I played in Janesville shortly after uh, the state tournament in 2017 that you're talking about. Uh, I played for Team Wisconsin, made it to the national championship that spring. And then after that, I joined the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders for the 2017-2018 season. I played one year as a junior there. And then I went out east to uh, UMass Lowell, where I played three seasons. I got my undergraduate degree and had a great time there. Learned a bunch from my coaching staff, from my teammates there. And living on the East Coast was a ton of fun. And then uh, this season, I am doing grad school at the University of Notre Dame. So it's been a lot of fun to be back in the Big Ten and, and playing the Midwest teams. And actually this weekend I head to Wisconsin. So pretty excited to play uh, play them and hopefully uh, do well against a team that I once wanted to play for. But now I get to play again. So pretty excited. So, You're gonna so, be a so man. tell me
1: because I, I was I was convinced or I had, I had a son that convinced me it takes five years to get a, a, a bachelor's <laughs> degree in college. Yeah, you managed to do it in three.
2: Yeah, so I did a lot of AP classes in high school. So I went into college with almost 30 credits. And then with hockey, we took some classes in the summer uh, while we trained. And then I just accumulated enough credits. So I reached 120 and graduated after my third year and then decided to get my master's degree at the University of Notre Dame, which has been, been awesome. So I've been learning a ton and it uh, paid off to to graduate quick. So.
1: What, what, what would that master's degree be in?
2: Yeah, so it's Master's of Science in Business Analytics. So it's through the Mendoza School of Business at Notre Dame. Um, it's pretty specific, but it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: You're coming to Madison on Saturday, on this weekend? Yeah, we play Thursday, Friday
2: against uh, the Badgers. Pretty excited about it? Super excited. I uh, once wanted to play for them, so that's a little bit overlooked. So it's going to be fun to, to play against them and hopefully, I make him regret a little bit.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I got to see this young man play at Janesville. And we made a Robertson Cup run that year, if I remember right. Didn't we go to the finals that year?
2: Yep, yeah, made it to the semis, lost to uh, Lone Star, who won it.
0: Yeah, and uh, this young man here was very, very solid. Not bad for a high school senior who just gets thrown in the mix. I mean, you played pretty solid game. And, uh, you know, you and, uh, you and Malcolmson each came up and really contributed to that team.
2: Yeah, it was so much fun. We got to learn so much for some older guys. We played with quite a few 21-year-olds, which was crazy for us. So We were just 17 years old and playing with some older guys. We've played juniors for a few years, and they taught us a lot and got to learn a lot. Played some, some pretty intense, hard-nosed knoll hockey, which was a great experience. Um, really enjoyed my time in, in Janesville.
0: Got your first goal this weekend for, as a Fighting Irish. Yeah, yeah that.
2: Yep, yeah. yeah, it took a little bit. I had a <laughs> took a while, so it felt uh, felt really good. My teammates were super pumped for me. It was awesome. Um, definitely enjoyed that. I won't forget that for forever.
3: Now, there's a couple Badgers that came out of the Big Rivers Conference. They were, I believe, they were a freshman and a sophomore when you won your your state title in in 2017. But uh, do you know uh, Zachar Erdahl all and Sam Stang at all?
2: Yeah, so I don't know them personally. Um, I've obviously played against them when I was back in high school. I know Sam's older brother, Zach, um, a lot better. We played on a line in the, the Coleman Cup together. Um, but I've been seeing their success through Team Wisconsin and high school and um, try to stay in touch with the, the high school stuff. So I saw that they're doing well and, and creating a buzz down in, a, in Eau Claire. So it's cool to see them playing for Wisco and it'll be fun to play them again.
0: Your alma mater won a state championship last year in the Hudson Raiders, and they're poised to make another run this year. How exciting is that to see the tradition of Hudson hockey carrying on?
2: Yeah, it's super awesome. So, when I was a freshman, um, it had been since 2004, since uh, they made it to the state tournament, even. Uh, So, it was my goal as a freshman to, to make it back to the tournament. And then uh, see how the chips fall so then my my junior year in 2016 we we made it back to state uh finished the 12-year drought uh, we kept losing the superior and then um obviously now we've had the upper hand the last last five years so made it back to the state tournament and then lost in the championship my junior year and then my senior year we won it now it seems like every year that Hudson's winning it so it's been pretty cool to see kind of a, a strong not I don't want to say legacy but a, a strong team um, continue to win each and every year, which is which is awesome as a well
1: they you know, are boys a- We we were there and we, we saw the uh numerous uh youth tournament youth youth state championship banners hanging up there it sounds like I mean what what are they doing over there in Hudson because they just just seem to keep pumping out uh the hockey players I mean you 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 mentioned superior um I mean you guys are right now I mean you're you're kind of poised to be like superior was back in the 70s and eighties when they just dominated
2: yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just a lot of great coaching. I think Brooks Lockwood definitely kind of rewrote the book for Hudson. So a lot of times, a lot of players would leave in high school and go to Minnesota and uh, Hill Murray, St. Thomas, uh, those private schools. And once Brooks came in, um, we all started staying. And I think that just read to more success. And now the younger guys see that and are more motivated and and stay in Hudson, which is cool. And then I think it just is kind of a snowball effect from there. So there's a lot of good youth coaches. Uh, I think Brooks does a lot with the uh, uh, the youth now that his kids are getting older and and Davis obviously is making a big impact. So I think there's just a lot of good coaching, a lot of energy with the high school having success that makes the, the little ones um, motivated. So it's pretty cool.
3: I mean, that giant sign in the arena of Davis holding up the Stanley Cup probably motivates a lot of kids.
2: Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's awesome. In my, my senior speech at our banquet, I didn't chirp him for it because obviously it's not really a chirp, but I brought that up and everyone thought it was pretty funny. But it's uh, a massive banner for sure.
0: Talk about um, playing for Davis Drewiski and developing you as a defenseman. What did he mean to your development?
2: Yeah, Davis was great. So he came in my senior year. Um, and kind of he ran the decor so it was great to see his perspective on things we did a lot of skating drills skating was something I needed to work on uh, my senior season so he did a lot of stuff with me that season before practice after practice and then just tidbits on my game and and helped me be confident in myself helped me work on some of the things I needed to work on but also helped me realize what I was good at and what could help me get to the next level so to have someone as successful as him give you advice, you you listen to it right away. You know he's done it and been successful, so it's been awesome. It was great to have him there, and to have him coaching even more players is is great for the great for the city, great for the Hudson Hockey Association.
0: You look at some of the guys he played for and uh, the knowledge he took in, so you kind of figure, you know, hey, might want to listen to this guy. He's got a Stanley Cup ring, and he's played for some pretty uh, significant coaches
2: hundred percent. It's pretty cool for him. He's, he's won every step of the way. He won in high school. He won at uh, the University of Wisconsin, and then he won a Stanley cup. So it's pretty hard to, to go against what he says. He's, he's been there. He's been through it from a team aspect and he's also been through it from an individual aspect. So he's got a lot of wisdom to give and definitely was all years when he was there.
0: Chase, you won uh, our defensive player of the year in your senior year, our WIPH awards and the following year, uh, Jordan Halverson won it, so a uh, little bit of defensive defenseman development there. Uh, Jordan went on to play with the Jets as well, and uh, really had a nice career. I know, I believe now he's up at uh, Saint Norbert, if I remember right. But uh, you two were a pretty good one-two punch back there.
2: Yeah, Jordan's uh is great. So he kind of came on his sophomore junior year. He, he grew into his body and became a became a great player for Hudson. And I definitely stayed in contact with him. Uh, after I left and, and rooted him on, and I was super pumped to see him win that award. It's pretty special to to be named something like that for for ourselves, and also just for for Hudson for our families. A lot of a lot of time put in, so I'm happy to see any Hudson guy get an accolade. And playing with Alvi for for two years was even cooler to see his progression and and see him do so well.
0: And even after you leave, to see him raise a state championship.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's got two <laughs> rings, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
1: and the reason your your name came up is last week we were talking. Uh, we watched uh, Hudson play Wasa West, and Max Giblin was just controlling everything from the blue line the the way that you used to back 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 at Hudson. Um, that's how your name came up, and you know somebody said you you're now at Notre Dame, and so we kind of did a little digging, found out about the whole three year thing. But you can correct me if I've got my facts mixed up here. But you weren't always, um, like a lot of these kids, you know, from like Pee Wee on up, they're like selects, Team Wisconsin, U14, all that stuff. You weren't like singled out early on. You had to kind of work your way up into that.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my first year, I mean, Squirt's really far back. My first year Squirt, first year Pee Wee, I made the B team. And then my second year made the A team. And then my first year Bantam, I made the A team. But I still... Was definitely not where I needed to be I started off um, a little bit on the JV team my freshman year had to kind of prove myself and even when I was on varsity I, I wasn't playing too many minutes until closer to the end of the year um, I've gotten cut from teams I my second year or so my first year of U16 team Wisconsin I got cut from that team and played on the U15 team and that's kind of part of the journey right is uh, there's a lot of players out there that aren't the best players right from when they're born and have to work for it. And that was me. So I had to put a lot of time in the gym, a lot of extra hours on uh, my backyard rink that my dad built a lot of extra time with Davis, my senior year. And um, it kind of makes the, uh, the rewards a little bit sweeter just to know all the time I've put in and it's all been worth it. And um, yeah, it's been very rewarding.
0: Sounds like a lot of kids could really look up to you for what you had to go through um, playing on B teams you know, making eighteens, you know, getting cut from Team Wisconsin and just having to put the work in to realize that even though you've had success, it doesn't come easy.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's not easy, but um, like I said, that's that's part of the fun. So you uh you get cut from a team and you you get that gut punch, you go home, you 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 either cry or you get pissed or you're asking asking why, and then you can decide to to put the work in and and kind of change your path or you can decide to kind of give up so uh, for me I decided to put the work in and I think there's a lot of kids out there doing that which is which is awesome
1: So you can have a lot of family friends and family at the games this weekend or
2: yeah so I had, a, I had some family come uh, this past weekend at Notre Dame and uh, Madison's technically not that close to Hudson it's four hours so I'll have some people there but um, since we plan on Thursday that kind of screws up some of the some of the stuff but I have a couple former teammates coming from Hudson. They'll be at the game, and uh, it'd be cool to, to play in front of them. And I uh, suppose
1: the rest of them went and saw you when you played in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, like I that, had a bunch that's, of yeah, That's,
1: like, right right there.
2: Yeah, so Minnesota was was a lot of people, which was awesome, but uh, almost stressful with how many people there were that, that I knew. But it was fun.
0: I'm excited Did to hear me? about you.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead, Junior. Did you gain an extra year of eligibility? uh, due to the COVID year last year, or is this your final year?
2: Yeah. So I do technically have one more year. Uh, we'll kind of see what happens. So it's kind of hard to say right now, I'm already going to have my master's degree, so I could get a second master's degree or,
1: um, a bachelor's and a master's in four years. Yeah. Sluggo over there took five years just to get a bachelor's degree.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We'll see what happens. Chase, honestly, I gotta ask you, any pro scouts been kicking the tires with you?
2: Um, it's it's more done behind the scenes. So uh during the during the year I don't focus about that at all. It's that's more the off season. And uh once our season's over, I'll I'll look to see what what I can do. And if pro is an option, whether it's in North America or Europe, I'll see if that's what I want to do. So I'll have a master's from Notre Dame, which will set me up great for for work and to have a successful uh, career in that sense. So kind of have to weigh the options and see what's best for me uh, when the time comes.
0: I always thought that you could go, go pretty far as a defenseman. I loved your game with the way you played. And, uh, you know, I'm just really, really excited about your future. If you go on to play hockey, I, I think you'll go far, but you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. I get that.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that.
0: So you guys have three series left. You've got Wisconsin, Michigan
3: state, and Michigan and then the big 10 tournament. Um, I know like some of the high school players around the state like to look at the high school rankings and trip at each other and stuff like that, but you know, in college, are you guys looking at the fact that like you're, you're 11th in the poll right now and 12th in the pairwise? Um, is that something that, you know, as players you're aware of, or are you just focusing on that next weekend's game?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? There's Obviously we see the rankings. It's hard not to, if, if you're on social media. So we see, um, I mean, our, our main concern is pairwise. That's the biggest one for us because that determines if you're going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, So we, we look at that, but it's nothing we, we think about too much. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you got to win your games. You got to win as many games as you can. And uh, it doesn't really matter if you're looking at it or not. You just have to accumulate wins, keep winning, and then you'll make the tournament you'll, when uh, your conference potentially you'll have a run at the conference tournament. So um, we do look at it, but it's not something we obsess about by any means. I'd be lying if I said we, we didn't look at it. So.
3: I mean, you yeah, know, you win your games and the pairwise kind of takes care of itself at that point. Yeah,
2: exactly. So you, you try to beat the, beat the top teams and you definitely try to not lose to the teams that are ranked below you. Cause that can have a big, Big impact, both both of those. But like I said, you just doesn't really matter what you look at. You just try to win your win your games.
1: You got a couple other guys from Wisconsin on your team. Did you? Did you know them at all before the guys from? Yeah, Mequon? so
2: Spencer Stasney's from Mequon, right outside of Milwaukee. Um, I didn't know Spencer at all. He played uh, for the Mission growing up, Chicago Mission, and he's an uh, age below me. Um, and then Brady Bjork also is from Mequon he's actually uh, one of my best buddies so we played U14 Team Wisconsin together and then U18 Team Wisconsin Um, he's a great dude a very infectious personality and uh, we were we were boys in uh, on Team Wisconsin and now uh, it's been cool to be back with him so we we talk about uh, a lot of the Wisconsin stuff and how much fun we had for Team Wisconsin, but it's been great to be back here with him and have one of my closest buddies I grew up with, playing college with. So I didn't have any of that at Lowell, so it's been cool to have a a friend from from back in the day here.
3: Yeah, and he's got his his older brother uh, playing for the Buffalo Sabers, uh, yep. previously the the Boston Bruins. So that's pretty cool.
2: Very cool. Yeah.
0: Jace, when you look at your last three series going into the end of the regular season you see Michigan and everybody talks about Michigan having all the draft pick guys and you know, all that talent. And I watched them and they're, they're phenomenal moving the puck, even with some of the guys, not even in the lineup. How exciting is it to see, is it for you to have that chance to go up against some very, very high end talent coming up at the end of the season?
2: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's something that is very cool to see you're playing against some of the top overall picks in the NHL drafts. But honestly, once the puck drops, you're just, you're just playing hockey. So um, obviously you identify that these guys are great players and um, you don't want to leave them, give them any extra chances or anything, but at the end of the day, it's just our team versus their team and, and who's going to win. So um, it's obviously cool. Kind of looking back, I'll probably think it's cooler 10 years down the line when, I'm telling my kids I played against this guy who's in the NHL, but right now it's just kind of I'm playing hockey just like them, and uh, I'm trying to win. So that's
0: pretty that's pretty exciting stuff, though, to see the number one draft pick over on the other side of the ice, and you know yeah. what's going to happen to him, and you know to have that chance to play against those guys and should be a lot of fun for you. I'm really looking forward to seeing that.
4: Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, trying to think of anything else I had to ask you been a while since I'd seen you.
2: Yeah, it has been.
0: Yeah. You you still talk to Ian Malcolmson at all?
2: Oh yeah. We, uh, we actually went up and played Northern Michigan this year. So we saw him, he was, he was hurt at the time, so he didn't play, but uh, me and Brady stopped by and, and talked to him for a few. And, uh, it's great to see the Wisconsin guys having success at the college level. Um, in Wisconsin, we're kind of always looked down upon compared to our Minnesota um, rivals. And, like, even Chicago players play the the Tier 1 all year. Um, so, to see so many Wisconsin guys excelling is very, very cool.
0: Broke his foot, didn't he? It. Didn't he have foot surgery?
2: Yep. Yep.
0: If I remember correctly, he's back now, but, you know, I'm missing some of his season. That's really unfortunate. <sighs> Guys, got anything else for
1: him? No, I, uh, thanks, thanks for taking the time out of your obviously busy schedule. Um, you know, hope we didn't set you back in your studies at all. But th- thanks for uh, filling us in. I'm, I'm sure we had a lot of people uh, going to be listening to this tomorrow when we post it. And uh, thank you for joining us. And good luck.
2: Yeah, of course, no problem. Um, <clears throat> appreciate everything you guys have done. You guys have done a great job with the website and the podcast. I remember listening to cool. that. Uh, back in the day and always wanting you guys to talk about Hudson uh, never gave us a benefit of the doubt at that time. But now, uh, now that we're winning championships, you guys can't stop talking about us.
0: Well, that's kind of hard right now because they're the number one team in the state and they've been pretty much unanimous all season long.
3: Yeah. They've, they've had the number one ranking for about five straight years now.
0: So, Chase, I'm going to do my darndest to come up and catch you in Madison on, on Friday night. I don't know if it, all the planets are going to align, but I really want to come see you play in person. So um, good luck to you in Madison. I know it means a lot to you, and you're going to have family there, and want to put it to the school that passed on you. I don't blame you.
2: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's going to be a memorable series for sure.
1: Yeah, I hope, I hope Wisconsin doesn't score when you're on the ice. <laughs> yeah,
2: thanks. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Chase Blackman's been our guest. Chase, take care of yourself, all right?
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you.
0: Chase Blackman joined us tonight here on uh, This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. If you guys don't mind, I'll stick with you on this. I've, I've got an ugly cold, but you know what? I've enjoyed talking hockey. It's always good to see Chase Blackman. He was one of my favorite players who's it's, it's coming through Janesville. You know, and yeah, he lifts you spirit.
1: your spirits, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, yep, it's uh, doing quite well. Um, let's go on to our games of the week, guys. Uh, Burglar and Bill Junior got to see the Badger Conference tournament. Um, go ahead and uh, give us a lowdown on what uh what you did see. Sure. Um, I didn't point out to Chase that Max Giblin is
3: two inches taller than he is. <laughs> you know, is Max Giblin like? a
1: defenseman? Yeah. 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 Max Goodlin won the, he won the Davis Truiski last year as a junior. So he's kind of the front runner this year again.
3: Okay. So, yes, we, we headed over to Grand Chute to the, what is it called? The community first champion center there in Grand Chute um, to check out the, the fourth round of the Badgerland conference tournament. The first two games happened uh simultaneously in the morning one on each rink then there was a little break and then they did the third place game in the championship game uh i caught the seventh place game to start the day i uh, not going to talk about it too much but uh wapan came away with an eight to nothing win in that one over um shano uh as you know shano's had a pretty rough season in their first year back i think they're zero 18 now um but despite that um you got to say that they're playing like the right way. They're not getting chippy at the end of the games. They're not taking a bunch of stupid penalties. Um, even the Waupon coaches called it out. Shano's doing a really good job this year, you know, their first year back in the program. And Waupon came into that game with a little bit of the chip on their shoulder. Uh, they weren't happy with how they played on Friday against, I believe it was Fox cities. Uh, they lost that game three to nothing. They were not happy with how they played. So they came out hot. Um, took it to Shano, took that one eight to nothing. And while I was watching that one, burglar was on the other
1: rink uh, watching Fox cities and Oshkosh. And that was, I think that was the most exciting game of the, of the day. It was a back and forth affair between uh, Fox cities and Oshkosh um, Fox or Oshkosh had uh, two freshmen playing key roles on their team. One of them was their goaltender. Uh, apparently they, they lost uh, their goaltender midway midway through the season, and their JV goalie had to step up and, and play varsity, and um, had a rough start. But he's been playing very well the last few games, and he played very well in this game. And they also had a uh, another freshman uh, forward named Amari Fisher, um, and you're gonna you're gonna hear that name again. Um, and often uh, he he's, he's good. He does. He didn't score in this game, but he did just about everything else. You could ask a kid to do with the puck, um on the ice. And um, uh, although yeah, it was, it was a back and forth affair. I think Oshkosh played Fox cities a little bit, um, but they ended up tied uh, Fox cities, or they did a three. It was kind of like the the, the, tur- the tournament before the, the Fox river classic tournament, where they had not amended their conference bylaws, um, to account for the new overtime procedure for WIA. So they did the, the eight minute five on five, shoot, uh, overtime and then went right to a shootout. Um, three men shootout each team scored twice. Uh, went to a sudden death shootout. And the one part I liked the, the best on that was, uh, the first guy from Fox city scored in the sudden death shootout. And the guy who was going to go for, uh, uh, for Oshkosh number seven, I could look at, I don't know his name here. Um, I mean, he skated over to the goalie and you could, you could just see, he said, don't worry about it. I got it. And he went down and, and scored on the other end. So it did, it, they it went quite a while before they, they finally did get a, uh, Fox cities end up winning in a sudden death shootout, but, It was a great game. I I really enjoyed it.
4: Yeah, I
3: mean, you glossed over, like, the best part is that Oshkosh tied it up with, like, 30 seconds left to send it into overtime in the first place, and they tied it up because they were on a power play because when Fox Cities took the lead with about a minute and a half left, Somebody on their team said something to the Oshkosh bench and got it on sportsman-like conduct penalty. Mm. A
1: little bit of and taunting, idea.
3: perhaps. Yeah. yeah, Oshkosh got a little power play there, tied it up, and that was that's what put it in the shootout. Uh, the following in the third-place game was uh, Fond du Lac. Uh, they were disappointed to be playing in the third-place game after finishing the, the regular season, Badgerland. 6-1, um, and one, tied with Nina at 6-1 in and and Springs at 6-1. and one. Uh, another team, they were unhappy with their performance the previous night against Springs. They lost five to nothing. Um, a, a team they had, you know, they, they, they felt they should have done um, better against uh, first period. They controlled like the first nine minutes of the first period, but it was Appleton United who got on the board first. It was just a scrum in front of the net. I didn't even, you could barely even see what happened, but someone on United knocked it in. And then um, Fond du Lac's captain, Uh, Brett Sable um, right at the end of the first period made just a beautiful goal down the ice, just just like 20 seconds left in the period, drew the defenseman wide and then cut hard um, in towards the net and going across the goal mouth. He just reached around the goalie and put the puck in to tie it up. And then Fond du Lac um, still, I mean, They were not happy with, with how they were playing and whatever the coaches said between periods worked because they exploded for five goals in the second period. Um, By the end of the second period, it was running time. Uh, Sable added another goal with basically the same move uh, to finish their scoring in the third period. Only this time uh, the defenseman pulled him down while he was making that power move to the front of the net. And from his knees, he still managed to get around the goalie and put the puck in Um, shows why he's first team forward on the, the Badgerland all-conference team. So it was Fond du Lac beating uh, Appleton United in the third place game. And then we got to the championship game, which was the one that like everybody else around the state wanted to see, which was number six, Nina Hortonville-Manasha taking on D uh, D2 number one Fondy Springs. Burglar, you
1: want to take that one? You're on mute. Uh, there we I, go. I was hoping we'd be able to go the whole time without saying that, but um yeah i got I got one thing to say about that game uh Talon blank um he kinda controlled that game uh he's a sophomore uh he's been around long enough you would know uh Connor blank who is a cousin uh played for fondy or for for Final Lake springs um He's got an older brother on the team who's a senior now. But, yeah, but Talon Blank, uh, he – what did he end up with in that game? He ended up with – Three goals and two assists. Yeah, that. Um, And, well, yeah. And and the big thing about this game, these two teams had played just a week earlier, and uh, Nina had won that game 7-5. to difference between the two games was in that seven to five when uh nina hortonville menasha was four for seven on the power play uh their power play is really good and this time fond lac springs only took three penalties uh they learned don't give them power plays um so only with only three opportunities they managed to kill them all and that, that was really the difference Last time they played, it was you know four power play goals for Nina. This time it was none because spring stayed out of the box. Yeah, and Nina's at Alan Blank. Nina's at 47
3: percent on the power play this year, which is just insane. And it's not like they're racking those up against the lesser parts of their schedule. And their win earlier in the season against Notre Dame Academy that's another one where they were four for seven in there. I think it was a three to two. Uh, Overtime lost Oakland Memorial. I believe they had two power play goals in that one. Like that's 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 like their how their offense is against the other the good teams they play is they just dominate on the power play, but they weren't able to do it. And in this one, it looked like every time Nina put together like a couple really strong shifts where they were actually like taking it to springs and looked like you know they might be coming away with something, they took a penalty. And this time when they took penalties, springs. Didn't let them get away with it. Springs was scoring on the power play. uh, Two power play goals and a shorthanded goal for Springs. Um, The shorthanded goal, I believe, is Talon Blank um, literally deked a Nina defenseman out of his skates. Just brutal, like right at the blue line, then came in all alone uh, on the goalie to get the shorthanded goal. It was um, like my ankles hurt just watching it. Um, so that was yeah, that was a great one. But what stuck out to me—that was my first time seeing Springs this year. Obviously, we've seen them several times over the last couple of years. Um, they're still fast. Uh, I was surprised Nina didn't use their size advantage and try to knock them around a little, uh, but they really didn't. It wasn't a very physical game. Um, Springs is a, a one-line team this year when it comes to scoring. Uh, they don't have the depth that they did the last two years. Um, in those two games against Nina, you know this this one they won. Uh, six to two with the empty netter and the last one they lost seven to five of those 11 goals. Their first line had a point on 10 of them. Um, their first line, like nobody, nobody other than their first line has more than five goals on the season. Uh, so that, I mean, that's the difference between this Springs team and the Springs teams we saw the last two years, The last one, the last two years, obviously their first line was great, but their second and third lines were also, you know, very good at scoring goals. Now their first line is really where their goals have to come from. And those second and third lines, um, they're putting pressure on the puck, but they're, you don't have to worry about them so much, uh, from a goal perspective.
1: And the other thing I want to bring up is the community first champion center. That's the first time I've been in there. And that is one dandy of a facility. Um, they've got two ranks in there. One of them is, well, their main rink. Um, now it is, I think is ice year round. The other one, there's seasonal rink. They take the ice out and they use that section of the building for other stuff. And then they have a, a field house attached to it that had uh, basketball and or volleyball courts. It could be used for either. How big? Two full size basketball courts or
2: no, that, the field house
3: court. had four four basketball courts um, or eight volleyball courts. Um, the seasonal one was three basketball courts or six volleyball
1: courts. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot going on in that building, and that the, the building we had, we asked uh, asked uh, tracked down Mike Elkin, uh, the former Nina coach who's still their activities director. And he said the, the the city of Grand Chute actually built that, and owns it. They they did a study and they found that a good way to bring people to your town is to have sports facilities for them, because um, people like their sports. And that's it's actually the city of Grand Chute that built that uh, that fantastic uh, baseball facility where the, the Timber Rattlers play and they host the, the high school baseball state tournament. Grand Chute built that and owned it just to bring people in. So a forward thing community. If you build it, they will
3: come.
0: That's it. it it's funny you guys say this because that's exactly what we're going through here in Janesville. The facility you're talking about sounds exactly like what we're trying to get um, established here. A regular sheet of ice a facility. You can have a seasonal rink and then like a field house where you can have a trade shows, you know, basketball tournaments, whatever the case may be. And it's the same thing that people are need to realize. Sports come to town, you know, they bring business. And they're trying to sell that here in Janesville and Bill McCoshin, who who we all know is uh part of the group spearheading it. And uh listen to what you guys said about Grand Chute. That's that's exactly the same situation we have down here in Janesville needing to replace our rink. It's pretty old.
3: Well the only the only downside the only negative I have about the the community first champion center is the same thing I say about green heck fieldhouse. Um, in that first game of the day, we against, um, Shano, it wasn't as noticeable because the crowd was small and it was, it wasn't very loud. So you could hear like what the announcer was saying, but the acoustics in there are very echoey. Uh, I had real trouble hearing what they were saying, just like at green heck, um,
1: metal you know, roof, school,
3: concrete walls. Yeah. Metal roof, concrete wall, like the old school ranks where you see, you know, the big puffy insulation on the roof. That might not be pretty, but it is amazing for acoustics. Um, it kills off all that echo real quick. So that's the only thing, you know, if, if Grand Chute's looking to improve the facility at all, they need a lot more uh, sound tiles on the walls going all the way around the place. But otherwise, that yeah, the place was really nice. Still had, that,
1: Cr- still had that new rink smell.
0: Ah, I love it. Eastern Shores Conference Championship game. Dell, you were there, Bay Area against Fox Cities.
4: Yeah, I actually got there, uh, caught the very tail end of the game before, which was the Warbirds against the Lakeshore Lightning, and that game was one nothing going into the with two minutes and ten seconds remaining in the third period, and the Warbirds end up scoring three goals in that third period to win that game four to nothing. And then that led to the championship game for the Eastern Shores tournament. And that featured the Fox City Stars against the Bay Area Ice Bears in their third meeting of the season. The game was a really good game. Uh, the one thing that was a little unusual to me was first period, there were two penalties called. Second period, four penalties called. And the third period, eight penalties called. <laughs> Doubled them up every period. See but that. The Ice Bears
3: exponential penalty growth.
4: The Ice Bears actually scored halfway through the first period on a power play goal, and Stacy Clout got the goal, assisted by the Bradford sisters. And then at the end of the first period, it was two to nothing. Uh, Ice Bears. Fox City scores a power play goal halfway, almost halfway through the second, and Ice Bears come back and make it three, three to one at the end of two and then i thought that the ice bears kind of put it away when jordy jordan brady scored a goal a little under four minutes into the third period to put the ice bears up four to one but fox Cities came back got it down to a four to three game and then the ice bears were able to put it away with a power play goal uh with just under seven minutes remaining in regulation and in that one. Uh, There was one major penalty called in the second period uh, for boarding and the Fox City Stars managed to kill off that penalty with the assistance of a couple of penalties being called against the Ice Bears to make it four on four hockey, a lot of that um, five minute major. But overall it was a very good game, five to three for a final. And the Eastern Shores tournament, uh, the way it played out is pretty much how their sectional played. Got seeded then. So that's how the girls game of the week went this week.
3: A boarding major in a girls hockey game.
1: Wow. My niece got one of those ones. (laughs) I would say, reminds me of Wisconsin Prep Hockey's favorite hockey official. Nikki.
0: Does Nikki does Nikki actually have that kind of uh stuff he's in told her the, uh, her game? He's told
3: the, he's he's told the story on the podcast before, but um, a player on a team they were playing against was just playing around with the puck, skating around the zone, and being you know really really annoying, and Nikki got tired of it. <laughs>
4: well, Caitlin, when she played for Rainy River Community College up there in International Falls, Minnesota. Uh, One of the girls um, from the Duluth club team they were playing against uh, had done something and Caitlin come off the bench and just made a beeline to her as she was coming behind the net, put her into the boards. Before the referee was done blowing the whistle, she was already headed to the penalty box.
0: (laughs) She knew what was coming. All right, Dell. thanks for that report on the Eastern Shores Conference Championship game, our girls game of the week. Burglar, our Radisson-Madison Players of the Week are up. And uh, I know we talked quite a bit about Talon Blank tonight, and I got a feeling we're going to talk about him a little bit more.
1: I think we will, MJ, for his performance in the uh, Badgerland Conference Tournament. Tanner Blank, a sophomore forward for St. Mary's Springs, is our Radisson-Madison Player of the Week on the boys' side. On Tuesday, he kind of didn't get on the scoreboard at all. Um, in their two to one win over Wapan. On Friday, he had two goals in their five to one, five to nothing win over Fond du Lac. And then on Saturday, he saved his best for Saturday to dominate the game. He had three goals and two assists in their six to two win over Nina Hortonville, Manasha for the championship. So Talon Blank of St. Mary Springs is our Radisson Madison Boys player of the week. On the girls' side, we have Keegan Sanderfoot, a forward from the Cap City Cougars. On Tuesday, she had, in overtime, she had the game-winning goal in a 2-1 to win over the Badger Lightning. And then just for good measure, on Friday, she did the same thing, game-winning goal in overtime in a 2-1 to win over Viroqua. So for being uh, clutch, as they say, Keegan Sanderfoot, our girls player of the week.
3: You know, we you say, you know, Talon Blank didn't have any points in that uh, two to one win over Wupon. Uh Tyler Frummel's Badgerland Conference player of the year. And uh, he had, he's gotten our player of the week at least once this year, Well, once this year, we don't give it out more than once. Uh, he had 46 saves in that game. Springs out shot Wupon 48 to 14 and won two to one that's why was so unhappy with their three to nothing loss to Fox cities in the next round they're like we just played the best team in division two two to one we should do better than that
0: bill jr we got the top sixes everybody's listened all the way through this podcast and wants to know where their teams are in the top sixes d1 d2 and girls and I know with your abacus and everything else that you have, you uh, tabulated the votes and its votes that count, and the results were. Well, just because we had Chase
3: Blackman here tonight, we're going to put Hudson at number one in Division one. I don't know that they've earned it, you know, but uh, they're unanimous number one in Division one. Uh Claire, Eau Claire Memorial is still second. Madison Edgewood moves up to third. They're slowly creeping up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame Academy moves back to fourth. Eau Claire North drops down to fifth. They were third last week. Uh, They got destroyed by Eau Claire Memorial last week. Uh, Spash was not ranked last week. They jump into the sixth spot, and Nina hortonville Menasha drops out. D2 is exactly the same as it was last week. St. Mary's Springs, Rice Lake, Baldwin-Woodville, New Richmond, Amory, and Somerset. Little movement in the girls. The top four are the same Bay Area, Fox Cities, Central Wisconsin, and Madison Metro. Uh, Western Wisconsin Stars move into the fifth spot, and the Onalaska Girls drop down to the sixth spot. So St. Croix Valley fell out of the top six in the girls this week, despite being the number one seed in their section.
0: What do we that got coming week? up for? Go ahead.
3: They I said, this, despite being the number one seed in their section that Western Wisconsin is also in.
0: What do we got coming up for uh, Games of the Week this week?
3: Tuesday, Dell is going to be uh, watching the St. Croix Valley Fusion and the Chippewa Falls Menominee Sabres. Uh, he'll be heading over uh, for that one. And on Saturday, uh, Burglar and I will be going up to Manaqua for the Great Northern Conference Tournament. Um,
0: all day. You're on mute again.
1: Who? Yeah, they only have they only have one rink in, in Manaqua, so they, they can't play two games at the same time like they did at community first. So we'll be up there from dawn till dusk, freezing our Tucases off. So is that mean grandma's got the kids? Uh grandma's grandma's leaving me. She's she's not gonna be around. Grandma, Auntie Kathy, he'll have the kids. And my uh, sister, will have the kids instead.
4: Guys, you know, I was just going to say this year. You know, I think you know we've had a lot of goalies that have made our Player of the Week. I think more more so than over the you know in one season and everything. But I think a lot of it is is you know we've gotten some pretty good goal, goaltender going on on the boys side this year. I, and one of the things I wanted to bring up is we talked about Logan Abrick, uh, earlier in this year and and stuff playing up there for Hayward. Well, this weekend on Friday night, RWD actually traveled up there to play, um, Hayward. That game ended up in a two to one game. Uh, both goalies ended up with a ninth, I believe it was a 947 save percentage in that game. Uh, Cooper Oaks stopped 18 of 19 shots while uh, Abrek stopped 36 of 38. Um, You look at the two of them this year, uh, Oaks is sitting there 17 and six with uh, 1,175 minutes inside the net. And Abrick's got 1,130. And, you, you know, Abrick's sitting there with a 2.21 goals against average, so he doesn't quite make the top 10 and are on <clears> that <throat> side for that, but he's leading with save percentage at 939. And then you got Oaks sitting there at 1.95, just sits outside the top 10 on the goals against, and sitting there with a 929. I'm going, you know, and those are two they are right around – sitting up there in our top 10 and probably right up in the top five in minutes played this year. But, you know, so I happened to look at that one this week, Week just kind of trying to see what was going on and stuff. Comparing some things, you know, when we're starting to come to the end of the year and end of the year awards are coming around and stuff. So, but I I thought that, you know, we've seen some exceptional goaltending this season.
0: No, Janesville comes up and plays uh RWD tomorrow night in Reedsburg. So the fellas down here are gonna get a chance to <laughs> check out the talent at RWD goalie up close and personal.
4: Tell them to dress warm.
0: Yeah. I've been in that rink, Dell. I know how cold it gets in there. And it gets extremely cold. Our final thoughts for today, uh, this show. Um who wants to jump on these tonight? All right, I'll jump on the first one. State tournament donations. Hey, everybody, we're we're still looking for them. Um, WIPH has uh, been bringing you the best high school hockey coverage in the state for many many years, and uh, with the things that have went on in the world, um, you know our advertising dollar hasn't been there this year. So to go to state, it costs quite a considerable amount of money to cover that and give you the best coverage at state. Um, asking for a little help. So uh, if you go on the front page, see a uh, little tab there, it says donate to WIPH. I believe junior, it's the upper right-hand corner, right? Yes, sir. It is. Okay. It's right up there and that'll give you the instructions of how you can donate. And I'll tell you, we would sure appreciate the help because uh, this uh, costs quite a bit of money to do to cover the state tournament. And, um, if we could get a little help, we'd sure appreciate it and, uh, keep continuing to do what we do best and bring you the best of, uh, bicycle hockey coverage. Also, I'll take the other one as well. Uh, tournament brackets are out. Yes, they are. Um, they're on our site and, uh, you can go check them out and see who's playing where and when against who. Um, Also next week is that we're going to do the tournament previews just in time before the tournament starts on Tuesday, Monday, we will do the tournament previews. So uh, looking forward to uh, that and listen up next week during our show. We'll tell you about the upcoming tournament guys. uh, It seems like we just started the season, but here we are already talking about playoffs it's right around the corner.
1: Yeah, we're not going to get into the whole uh, thing right now. Just, just a couple of surprises from the immediate area that 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 caught. Um, uh, All yeah, right, like uh, you know, Steven's point, uh, you know, has made it into the top six now. Um, you know, but they're they're seated fifth, and Wassa West is is ahead of them. In that section. And in Division Two, um, Division Two generally is the Great Northern Conference. And in the Great Northern Conference tournament, Antigo was seeded fourth and Wapaka was seeded fifth. So Wapaka had to go to Antigo to play. And they beat them in Antigo. And now in the sectional finals, Antigo is again fourth and Wapaka is fifth. So Wapaka again has to go to Antigo to play them, even though they just beat them you know, two weeks ago in the same venue. So there's a couple of things that, that caught my eye. But then like I said, you know, there's it, it, probably because Anaglas said, so, you know, we, we really don't want to go in and play in that Tin Canyon in Wapaca. You ever been in that rink? I have not. Oh it's 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 worse than than the green heck thing where it's just all uh aluminum and it just, everything in there just reverberates, so it's, yeah, it's like the Tin Canyon, it just you, echo, 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 all over the place.
0: The house that Brad Navin built. There's an old name from the past, from about 10 years ago, Brad Navin?
1: Yes, Uh, we we prefer Nick Tony's.
0: Okay. That's even older. (laughs) Well, guys, um, Got anything else we want to cover here?
3: If Spash wanted to be ranked ahead of West in the sectional seeding, they shouldn't have lost
1: to them earlier in the season. (laughs) That's kind of why we want to go see the game tomorrow night to see if there's any
0: animosity. Yeah, that. Okay. All right, guys. If you guys uh, are all out of stuff, we'll uh, meet back here next week. And uh, go over the state tournament um, stuff that's come out. And we'll uh, talk a little bit about each each sectional. And uh, we'll bring it to you right here on WIPH. So for Dell, William, and Bill Berg, I'm Mike Hammett. We'll catch you next week. Once again, oh, thanks to Chase Blackman for joining us. Great interview. And we'll talk to you next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.